0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Radio Happy Hour live from Le Poisson Rouge in New York City's Greenwich Village. And please welcome our host, Sam Osterhout.
1: Radio Happy Hour. We're the radio show that's not on the radio. You guys look fantastic, particularly you people that I can see. Very well done. Very well done. Uh, Are you guys ready to have a good time today? I should hope so, because we have Craig Finn and Tad Kubler from The Hold Steady coming out in a minute. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. And uh, we also have Chuck Klosterman coming out to support his new book. Exactly, it's gonna be a great show. This is the first time we've done um, a three guests. Let me just, can I just introduce the cast here? Over here we have Matt Skibiak. You can barely see him because he's drenched in darkness. Matt will be playing Rodney who hasn't, uh, who's a very lonely man in Minnesota. And over here we have Stephanie Davila. She's our resident musician. And over here, we have the beautiful Robin Reed. She'll be playing uh, Craig and Tad's mom and Chuck Klosterman's wife. So I think it's time for act one of Radio Happy Hour Presents. Stephanie, are we ready? Let's do it. Regulation 50. A freak November snowstorm was starting to blow in. Now, not much goes on in Manhattan. There's my bar, the Ascot, and a post office, and really, that's about it. If you want groceries, there's a bigger town about 50 miles down the road. And if you want a a job, well, you're going to have to go somewhere else. As I opened up the Ascot that morning, the first snowflakes of the storm were starting to fall. Oh, we were in for a real blizzard. And we were in for something much worse. Something so bad. It can only be called murder.
0: Welcome to Radio Happy Hour presents Stabbed in the ass Caught. Brought to you by She Can Cafe, the high-fiber coffee made exclusively for women. Ugh. Excuse me, ma'am, I couldn't help but noticing that you're doubled over and moaning in pain. Is that some sort of yoga pose? Oh,
2: not exactly. But if it was, it would be called Wheel of Gouda for Dinner Pose. Oh.
0: Ah, I see. Constipated?
2: Oh, it's like beavers shoved a bunch of sticks up there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Here, have a sip of She Can Cafe, the high-fiber coffee made exclusively for women.
2: Why is it just for women?
0: Because it says so right on the can. Here, take in its feminine aroma. It smells like a lawnmower. Oh, earthy. Take a sip.
2: Huh, it's not bad. It's not the best at, oh sweet Jesus.
0: Hey, where are you running off to? Uh,
2: I, I forgot. I, I have an appointment, a business meeting, and, and if I don't get there in three seconds, I'm going to pee in my pants.
0: <laughs> oh, another jovial and satisfied customer. She Can Cafe, three days' supply of fiber in just one cup. And now, Act One of Radio Happy Hour presents Stabbed in the Ass, Cop.
1: I was standing behind my bar drying some mugs when Rodney, the town postman, threw the door open. Now, Rodney is one of the loneliest guys I've ever met. He's lived in the Northwoods for 25 years without a friend. And The snow blew in as he struggled to shut the door behind him. Say, Rodney, uh, quite a snowstorm
0: out there, eh? Whoa, holy buckets, right? You know, it's one of those storms that just makes you want to head up to the Twin Cities and get a hooker. <laughs> you know you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, I don't follow that. What do you mean? Well, uh, you know, like a, like a hooker, you know, that you can pay to have sex with, you know, because of the storm.
1: Yeah, well, it is quite a storm. <laughs> oh, holy balls, I'll say just then, a group of strangers walked in. There was a stiff woman and three men in artsy glasses. They all looked a little nervous. The woman approached.
2: Ah. Oh, hi there. We're on a little family road trip, and we got stuck in this blizzard. Do you mind if we stick around here for a bit while the storm blows over?
1: Well, sure thing, lady, but you'll be here a while. It's a real blizzard out there.
0: Whoa, jeez, lady, are these your kids?
2: Oh, yeah, yep, these are my two boys, Craig Finn and Tad Kubler. And this is my husband, Chuck Klosterman.
0: What's it to you, mister? Well, it's, you know, just that uh, you guys are kind of...
3: If you well. say old, I'll stick you with a broken bottle.
0: <laughs> well, I'll take negative attention over a- attention any day, you know? Stick away, sport.
4: Settle down, Craig.
3: You settle down, Klosterman, you're not my dad. Shut up, Craig. You want him to write a bad review? He's in the media. Uh, The media! You shut up, Tad. You smell like farts, stupid. Boys! uh,
2: Stop it, all of you. When did you become such brats? When you married that hack.
4: Craig, Tad, I may be naive, but I believe there's a special place where people who make music, like you, and people who write about music, like me, can coexist. And we might not always agree on things, but when when I married your mother, I made a promise to love you boys as well.
3: Shut up, Klosterman. You don't know me. Yeah, Klosterman. Don't be such a
4: turd. I'm not afraid to spank you, boys. Look, you
1: guys sound like you could use a drink.
2: Oh, you betcha. It has been one heck of a long day. I'll have a SoCo on the rocks, and the boys will have two cans of Grain Belt.
1: And for you, Mr. Klosterman?
4: Hmm, let's see. Do you have any Malibu?
5: Why, yes, we do. I believe I'll have that. Oh, the fancy writer only drinks Malibu. Yeah, what a turd. What's wrong with premium?
4: I'll spank you, boys. I will. I will bend you over my knee, and I will spank the living shit out of both of you.
1: Hey, just a curiosity, how long have you two been married? A couple of months.
2: Uh, Oh, geez. (laughs) It's been a little while now. We met at a pinochle tourney in the city.
1: Oh, Minneapolis? Oh, Wichita. No.
3: You know, and you, you boys kinda look familiar too. Uh, we're in a band called the Hold Steady.
0: Maybe you've heard of it? <laughs> no. You know, I, uh, I thought you were my accountants or something. <laughs> so,
5: so where are y'all headed? Des <laughs> Moines.
2: <laughs> oh we're headed to Milwaukee and and then to Sheboygan and Des Moines.
5: And then to Kimchi, right mom?
2: And then on to Kim Chi. Yep. hmm
4: Well I can tell you one thing. Wherever we're going, as soon as we get there, I'm going to have sex with my wife.
2: Oh,
4: oh, oh. Ooh. Like uh like from behind? Oh. What's the problem, boys? Does it bother you that your mother and I do coitus on each other? Phew, Klosterman. Whatever that is,
5: it sounds disgusting. Remind me never to do coitus on someone.
0: Oh, man, I'd do courtes on a pineapple if it told me I look handsome in a suit. (laughs) You know, sometimes I feel a little lonesome.
3: Sometimes Chuck Klosterman makes me so mad I could murder someone with a knife.
1: Just then, the door flew open and through the blowing snow, a man staggered in and collapsed on the floor. He had a knife in his back.
3: Did I say murder someone with a knife? I meant my mom, is Klosterman's wife.
0: <laughs> you did this
5: to me?
1: And then, just like that,
5: the guy died. I think he blamed one of us. But who?
0: Act One of Radio Happy Hour presents Stabbed in the Ass Cut was brought to you by She Can Cafe, the makers of He Can Tampons. Tampons for men.
1: Everyone, Chuck Klosterman, <laughs> Craig Ben, and Tag Kubler. It's a really great pleasure to have you guys on the show. And you guys all know each other.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, we've met each other over the past, uh, probably five years ago, maybe, and see each other around since then. Well, how did you meet?
4: I think I met Tad first at Hi-Fi. Hi-Fi. Bars. And then then you were at Hi-Fi. And then I saw you once at The Magician. Yeah. And then I saw you again at Hi-Fi. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's about it.
1: Did you guys kind of eye each other from across the bar? No. And then you went in uh, for it? You know, it, it, it...
3: I think we've had mutual friends as well. It's been—it's a fairly natural development.
1: Well, <clears throat> that uh, you know, all, all of us here now have uh, sort of Midwestern ties, and in particular Minnesota and Wisconsin, and of course North Dakota. Um, do you guys know each other from that area, or do you know no, people in I, common I, out there? I think it's, it's you know somewhat mutual friends.
3: Like I, I know Chuck's wife, and um, I think a lot we know people. Uh, There is sort of a, uh, I feel like uh, at least Minneapolis people, I know a lot of Minneapolis people who live here in New York. So there is kind of a a network. I knew Craig from Minneapolis. Yeah.
1: Well, that's what I was going to ask. How how do you guys know each other? Where did you guys meet? Oh, we met years
3: ago um, through Rock Stuff when we both lived in Minneapolis. And uh, I had a band called Lifter Puller, and we lost lost our bass player. And... uh, I knew Tad could probably play the songs. He's kind of encyclopedic, uh, encyclopedic about uh, learning things just in his mind, being able to repeat, um, uh, repeat them back. So he came in to rehearse with us, see if he wanted to play bass in our band. And he, uh, the first practice he played as well as our old bass player would if he was drunk. So you know, <laughs> um, he had it almost down right away. There's so a joke in like, there somewhere) but <laughs>
4: You know, what you're saying that you met do like rock stuff in Minneapolis. Yeah. Outside playing shows, what constitutes rock stuff? That's a good um, question. Like, I, I'm wondering what you class, what, what you see in the spectrum of the well, rock stuff. medium. Craig,
5: Craig had a party at his apartment one time, and it was on the second floor, and it was during a snowstorm, and I was at the party, and people were jumping off the bal- second floor balcony into the the, the, the snow. That's so that's kind of rock stuff. That's
1: rock stuff. <laughs> That's kind that, of
5: Minneapolis. Yeah, that that, that seems like Winter Olympic
1: stuff. Yeah. Well, <laughs> bad behavior
3: and just kind of like rock stuff. Uh, I don't know, but the rehearsal space and, you know, just, just knowing, uh, you know, I, 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 until you're an established band, there's a lot of playing, playing with a bunch of people and uh, kind of the, um, the, the people who really kind of want to keep going with it or, or really uh, have the means to keep going. Uh, I don't
1: know, just kind of you, you end up being in touch with each other. Right, right. Now... <clears throat> I keep wanting to call you Klosterman because that's how I have it in the script. So Klosterman, uh, now you, I read an article, uh, an interview with you at one point where you said that um, you're not, you don't consider yourself a New Yorker. You're a a guy from North Dakota who lives in New York. And do you still feel that way? Oh, totally.
4: I mean, I, I don't know how long I would have to be here to feel like I actually live here. Because when you come from a really small place particularly, you really do identify yourself with being there because there's only 650,000 people in North Dakota, so people can't start saying they're not from there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. Because like, the population we'll, would yeah. be zero. Yeah, you know, exactly. If, like, if, if all the people who left immediately cut off ties, well then, you know, they, they'd probably even lose like one of the electoral votes and they only have three. <laughs> and you can't have less than three. So for political reasons, I say
1: I'm from North Dakota. It's solidarity. Mm. Uh-huh. And so, Tad, you're also from a small town, Janesville, correct? Yes, yeah. And, and you grew up there, right? Uh-huh. And so do you feel that kind of connection that Chuck feels to uh, his sort of small town roots?
5: Uh, not, not necessarily, and I think it's it, mainly, I guess, because I don't have family there anymore. I um, see. You know, I don't, there's, I don't have any connection to Janesville because I don't... Um, I don't go back there for holidays and, you know, both of my parents live elsewhere now and, and okay. that kind of thing. And I, I guess, you know, I spent time, I moved to Minneapolis when I was 19 and spent eight or nine years there. And oh, developed, I didn't realize that. You know, oh. it was a point in my life where I think I developed a lot of really, you know, close friendships when I lived there. So I guess I, I somewhat feel connected to Minneapolis in that way too.
1: Uh, how long did you live in Madison?
5: Uh, like a couple years.
1: Oh, really? So yeah. Minneapolis, you lived there much longer. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> and w- when did you get into photography, by the way?
5: Um, I don't know. Uh, I thought this was about music. Uh, well, I, this, but this, uh, this,
1: this is, brings up a good point. I think most people wouldn't know that you're quite an accomplished photographer. I mean, you've had stuff in Rolling Stone, for God's sakes, right? Uh, yeah. And it's, it's quite amazing. Did anyone know that Tad was a photographer?
5: I don't we'll guess do weddings. Who's the
4: idiot. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, what you're really talking about, Craig's blacksmithing side. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has these seat of secret lives, you know. But uh, you are a good
5: talker. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess you know, I started. There was one of, <laughs> I, mean, oh, I don't
4: want to. diminish it. I mean, that, he does no, really blacksmith, so I, I didn't want people to think. That
5: that's what kind of brought me to New York, too. I think. Oh, is um, it? Yeah. Yeah, I lived in Los Angeles for about a year, and, and yeah, I think you need, you know. Minneapolis does have a great uh, kind of a lot. There's a lot of ad agencies in, in right. Minneapolis. And so advertising based photography, you can work a lot. But I think if you want to do stuff in music or, or fashion, it's easier to be in Los Angeles or New York. So initially, um, you know, when I, when I decided I was going to get out of Minneapolis, it was one of the two. And that's I worked for a celebrity photographer and fashion photographer here in New York for a long time until the band really kind of got going. And I wasn't able to. Yeah, kind of, I guess that's all I was able to do.
1: That,
5: that's not bad, though. I
1: mean, oh, for no, a guy not, from yeah, Minnesota, it's it's like, like, oh, like, all I was able to do in New York was take well, fashion it photography. It took over I, all of our lives.
3: I think, yeah, I think that that's, there's this myth about being in a rock band that, like, well, when did you get to quit your job? And the reality is, is you become unemployable first.
1: Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know? <laughs> it wasn't that you got to. And, yeah. and, you and when, you, to. when you're they unemployable by of. the
5: guy that I worked for, that, that's saying something, too.
1: <laughs> uh, so um, h- how long did it take you guys after you got to New York to find some success with the whole study I think well I mean
3: I think we were in I was in New York a couple years before we even played any music and then Tad came out and we started getting it to go but it, you know it happened pretty quick in the in the big I think we made a record and it came out and we were just kind of uh, when it came out you know people noticed and then I think on our second record when that came out, uh, Separation Sunday, we were on the cover of The Village Voice and that, that seemed like a big moment. Well, that, that
1: hadn't uh, happened in something like 15 almost, years, right? Yeah, a band on the I, cover.
3: I, I've heard a lot of different um, numbers of years, anything from <laughs> I think it
1: was 40 50. or 60, yeah. <laughs> maybe 100 years since a rock and roll band yeah, had yeah. been on the cover of The Village Voice.
4: Um, no, so that- John Philip Sousa was the last <laughs> cover <laughs> of The Village Voice. Joe I, Gross wrote that story as well. I'll stand
3: behind Sousa. Uh, it was, uh, it, and, and that's really kind of what, what I'm talking about becoming kind of unemployable happened because there was just tour dates. And, of course, you know, if you're in a band that, that is lacking some success, too many things aren't, aren't an option. So then also right. you have all this stuff on the table and you want to do it all. And uh, that's, and, you know, that, so there's kind of a leap of faith there.
1: Yeah, of course. Well, was it a similar situation for you coming to New York? You were well, employed coming to New York. Yeah. Now,
4: correct? I, well, I had worked in newspapers for eight years, and I had written my first book when I was in Akron, Ohio. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a book called Fugger Rock City while I was there. And that had come out, and then I was, uh,
0: oh
1: two Yeah, people. let's hear it. <laughs> you
4: better read that one? <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, okay. So that book came out, <laughs> and I was still in Ohio, and then I got hired by Spin Magazine. So, uh, I kind of moved and had a job already. I mean, I didn't move here until I was 30, which I think was, I was very fortunate because I feel like a lot of people move here when they're like 22 and then they become uh, so self-loathing and they hate the world so much. And that by sick the time, and tired Yeah, but by, by the time they're 30, they've got this very skewed vision of what their life is like. But I kind of skewed my own vision in Ohio.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna make a t-shirt. Yeah. It says, I skewed my vision in Ohio. Accurate. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, uh, oh, um, speaking of Fargo Rock City, you, Craig Venn have something to do with Fargo Rock City now Yeah, as well. Um, a
3: friend of mine, Tom Ruprecht, who's here somewhere, um, and I wrote a script based on Chuck's book, Fargo Rock City, and uh, we just kind of wrapped it up. And it's, uh, it's, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it's a completely different uh, Process from the writing I'm used to doing, which is you know song lyrics. But, right. Um, so it was interesting to be you know kind of try to bring. Uh, Tom helped us bring some more discipline to you know getting it done and, and and seeing it through. But it was also it was really interesting. It's a it's a book that doesn't maybe at first glance lend itself easily to a script. Um, but we well, took. There's
4: b- no narrative to.
3: There's it. no narrative to <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> plus, um, so I, there's the, that.
4: Yeah. I, I mentioned this to a friend of mine. And I said that you were doing this, and the, a lot of this book is about like my memories of growing up in, in North Dakota listening to hair mm-hmm. medal, and he's like, he's gonna recast your childhood in Wybor City, Florida, or whatever, <laughs> oh. you know? <laughs> yeah. uh,
3: it, I mean, there, there were a couple little things in the book, though, like small stories that, that really stuck with me, and in particular, one uh, that where uh, Chuck was able to, and in truth, uh, take more money, out of cash, the cash machine than he actually should have been able to with the balance of his bank account, and it went on for some time. And uh, given, uh, you know, sort of the current economic um, situation, I thought there was kind of a small telling metaphor about, you know, no matter where you are, no matter where it's set, you can't spend more than you have.
1: Right, right, <laughs> can't you? Yeah. Anyway, um, well, I'm so happy to have you guys on the show. Thank you so much for doing the show. Uh, do you guys think you could um, yeah. do a little song for us? Sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, oh, the whole Steady. That's <laughs>
3: I coming home But first Al Green And then Barry White Convince me not to go And I didn't come home for fighting I came to bandage up my hands And if you're gonna talk to me like that I'll probably just go back out again Wipe that ship right off your shoulder We ain't getting any younger Some things are getting bigger Some things are falling off Some things seem much harder, some other things stay soft. They're tipping over in the tap rooms. Oh, they're shooting through the ceiling. We're dying in the bathrooms, and we're living for that one sweet, fleeting feeling. Now I know my cough sounds awful And some nights it hurts a bit to breathe But at least it's not my body I do my business on these streets We ain't getting any younger Tomorrow night, we'll just be that much older. Some kids are growing awkward. Some kids are going off. We're fingering the punch bowl. We're feeding from the trough. Always count on a Cheyenne sunrise to make us husbands feel too old. Now onward, Christian soldiers. We're gonna bash right through your borders. I bet your next party gets sketchy. I saw the new kids nodding off. Some things seem much bigger. Some things are falling off. Some things seem much harder. Some other things stay soft.
1: trying not to disturb the knife and put a senior frog sombrero on its head. We didn't want to arouse suspicion. Who who is he? Well, I don't know, he's not from here, but he used his last dying breath to finger one of us.
2: (laughs) Shut up, shut up, and shut up. Can't you see that a man is dead? We're all stuck here because of this stupid blizzard and one of you did it.
3: One of us? What about you, Gina? Or, um, Mom?
2: I will not hesitate to bend you over my knee and spank you, Craig Finn. I don't care if we are the oh, same God, age.
1: Well, what are, what are we supposed to do? Well, the nearest police station's about 50 miles down the road. And in this blizzard, it might as well be on the moon anyway. No, no cops will be here for days. I'm afraid we're just going to have to solve this one on our own.
0: Whoa, jeez. Do you think we should, like, hug first? You know, like, a uh, human touch kind of stuff? Just, you know, to get our heads straight or something? I'm not hugging you. You could be the murderer. Well, then can I get a chest bump? No way. High five? Nope. Can I show you my genitals?
5: Uh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Act
0: 2 of Radio Happy Hour Presents Stabbed in the Ass, Scott. Brought to you by He can Tampons, the tampons for men. Say, Chuck Klosterman, what's the most embarrassing thing a man has ever had to buy? I don't know. Hemorrhoid cream? <clears throat> it's tampons!
4: Well, if my wife needs tampons, I don't have any problems buying them for her. That's not embarrassing. Oh, of course
0: it's embarrassing that's why there's he can tampons the tampons made for women but marketed for men here have a box
4: Hmm. there's a picture of dwayne the rock johnson on the front of this box oh
0: chuck turn it over
4: egad it's a topless woman lying across a race car NASCAR number five. Now are you embarrassed to buy tampons? I'm embarrassed to live in the same city as these tampons.
0: Pecan Tampons, the official tampon of the Holt Steady. Thank you, you can. can. <laughs> Thank you, fellas. And now we return to Radio Happy Hour Presents... Stabbed in the ass Uh,
2: In case nobody noticed, uh, Mr. Lonely here has blood on his shirt.
0: Who, me? Oh, gosh. You know, this blood is from, uh, like, you know,
1: a long time ago. And you know what? Rodney wouldn't hurt a fly. But you all walked in the door, and not ten minutes went by before a guy stumbled in with a knife in him. I find that funny.
4: Funny haha?
1: No.
5: Funny, hmm. Don't blame me, man. Yeah, don't blame me, man. Shut up, Tad. Stop copying me. Make me smartass. Maybe you did it. In fact, when we parked the car, you jumped out and disappeared for a little bit before we came in here. Where did you go? Well, jeez. Uh,
3: I just had to piddle.
1: Oh. <clears throat> well, why didn't you come into the bar and um, piddle?
3: I wanted to write my name in the snow. <laughs> Big whoop.
4: And when you came back, you were out of breath. Sometimes
3: I do jumping jacks when I piddle. Oh, who doesn't, you know, high five. Anyway, if you don't believe me, go look in the snow. It says November, comma, 2009, comma. Craig Finn had to stop here due to a terrible blizzard, period. I really had to go.
2: Well, did you see anything in the forest, my son, Craig Finn?
3: No, and if I had seen something, It would have been in self-defense, for sure.
2: Oh, gosh. Well, I'm convinced we're innocent. Right, my son, Tad Kubler?
5: That's right, lady.
1: (laughs) Wait a second. Something sounds fishy. What the... Wait. What does fishy sound like? That's beside the point. Why do you keep calling these guys by their full names and then saying, my son, are they really your sons?
2: Oh, sure. I shot them right out of my very own business end.
0: I'll oh, prove it. Show us your business end.
2: Hey, now, what?
0: Well,
1: what's your real name, lady? Gina Swanson. Why don't any of you guys have the same last name?
2: Oh, uh, I hoard around a lot as a kid back in a diner. <laughs> hmm,
1: well, did you go directly from the car to the bar when you guys got here? Yeah, of course. No, you didn't. You walked around behind the building,
4: and then you came back out to the car. And then we came in here, Uh, sweetie.
2: Oh, (laughs) right. Uh, I forgot about that, sugar puss.
4: What were you doing back there, sweet lips?
2: I was tagging, stocky balls.
4: Tagging? Who are you, Banksy? And why would you tag in a blizzard, vagina lady? Oh,
2: please, Ah, uh, You didn't come in here straight away either, did you, Chuck Klosterman?
4: Who, me? Well, no, but I never go straight into a building. You know that,
5: you know that. Oh, write me an essay. You're lying. What were you doing out there in the snow?
4: Nothing, certainly not stabbing.
5: Then what? I was making sure our taillights
4: work. You just couldn't see me because of the blizzard. Why would you check the taillights? Well, lights are very important and not all of us care to live your dangerous rock and roll lifestyle. Uh, besides, where were you when all of us were fucking around outside in this blizzard?
5: I was sitting in the car playing SOCOM on my PSP, duh. Oh, I believe you, Tad. You Come here, let's French. Get off me, man. You never told us where that blood on your shirt came from. And I saw you coming to this place right before we did. I bet you did it. No, no, I didn't do it. Then where did the blood come from? Well, man, this is the shirt I was
0: wearing when I killed my gardener. <laughs> but that was years ago, and I just...
1: Hold steady, everyone! These, These are the worst alibis I've ever heard. Craig says he was peeing a paragraph in the snow while doing jumping jacks. Chuck was checking the taillights, yet no one could see him. Gina was spraying gefreeti out back, even though there's a blizzard. Tad was playing nerd games in the car, and Rodney admitted to murdering a gardener a long time ago. Meanwhile, the guy in the sombrero got a knife in him and fingered somebody in this room. (laughs) 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 Oh, shut up. Which one of you guys had the motive to kill this man?
0: Well, you know, it's possible that I saw the murder happen. In fact, I did see the murder happen. (laughs) I know who did it. Rodney, why didn't you say something sooner? Well, I, I, you know, I suppose I'm a reflective thinker. Radio Happy Hour presents Stabbed in the Ass. Caught is brought to you by She Can Cafe, makers of He Can Tampons and We Can Condoms. The condoms made especially for teens. And now, Craig Finn and Tad Kubler.
3: She drove it like she stole it She stole it fast and with a multitude of casualties She said I shipped it out from Boulder Uh, Packed in coffee grounds and wrapped around in dryer sheets It's been a few years just wandering the Sonoma High as hell and shivering and smashed We were hoping for a vision quest open up three buttons, and all we saw was desert trash. And this funny bit of chemistry, how a cool car makes a guy seem that much cooler. And it's worth noting that throughout history, kids come around the corners to a multitude of casualties. Spent been a few years just circling the city Like a hawk out on the highway We're looking around for something that just died We heard the deacon's hopeful eulogy At least in dying, you don't have to deal with New Wave for a second time After the party, we got off the grid We Just couldn't get with all these clever kids and Now we forged on the frontage roads we try the nights, I guess it just feels somewhat safer. Scrounge around for sustenance. We mostly eat it in the back half of the theater. Spent a few years nodding off in matinees High as hell and shivering and smashed. We're hoping for an action adventure. Something loud that we could feel through all the Feminacs. After the movie, you got off the ground, got in your car, and crawled around the lower town. And she was at the Citadel. He was getting high as hell. And when she came to in the matinee, she was asking around for someplace else to stay he was all crawling around in lower town. She was all feeling out that 530 folk mass. And the night that she got born again, he was getting with her little hood rat friend. They did the weight into the water into the 110 soldier. And she started to cry. Youth services always find a way to get their bloody cross. Into your druggy little messed up teenage wife and youth services. They always find a way to get their bloody cross into your druggy little messed up teenage life.
1: Craig and Tad, let's hear it again! That's okay. So it's time for the, uh, the audience quiz. Now you all signed up for uh, something, maybe you didn't know exactly what it was, but it was the audience quiz. If uh, Whoever we draw out of this little, is it a jar today? Anyway, whoever's name we draw, if you can answer two out of three questions correctly about Tad, Craig, and Chuck, you will win our prize. And our prize is you'll get a uh, uh, membership to La Poisson Rouge. You get two tickets to the next Radio Happy Hour in December. That guy, I hope he wins because he wants the tickets. (laughs) And uh, you'll get uh, a signed uh, Eating the Dinosaur book by Chuck Klosterman. And uh, maybe we can talk these guys into giving some up. Maybe not, though. We'll see. I don't know if they brought anything. Maybe you could give away this
4: cool cactus.
1: <laughs> you disgust me. <laughs> uh, okay, Kate Seltzer. Kate, is it Kate or Katie? It's Kate. Kate, now where are you from, Kate?
5: Uh, Long Island. Long
1: Island. Um, well, thanks for thanks for playing. So we, uh, you think you're ready? You know a lot about these guys?
5: No, not really, actually.
3: Not
1: really. <laughs> That's perfect, because these questions really aren't about them, you'll see. Okay. A lot of buzz surrounding the release of Stay Positive uh, was centered on the fact that Craig was taking vocal lessons. Now, this was particularly notable because of Craig's distinctive voice. Now, the state bird of Minnesota also has a distinctive voice. What is it?
2: I have absolutely no idea.
1: Anyone know? No, don't, don't say it, give her a hint. Everyone, if you know the way it sounds.
5: <laughs> Let's just keep doing this. Do you guys have any hints for her? Uh, it's crazy. It's
1: crazy, that's a great hint. Yeah. I thought it was a mosquito. No, hey, no. that guy's been to Minnesota. It's like, it's almost like a lunatic. Yay! Uh, (laughs) Fantastic. You're one for one. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Okay. Uh, The last song on the Hold Steady's album Stay Positive is titled Slapped Actress. Now the song is inspired by the film Opening Night by prolific director John Cassavetes, who was supposed to be here tonight. Uh, John Cassavetes (laughs) grew up in Port Washington, New York on Long Island. We br- we're bringing it full circle here. <laughs> what former uh, tennis icon grew up in Queens and belonged to the Port Washington <laughs> Tennis Academy? <laughs> 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 you know this one?
5: I
4: think so. Yeah, I do. Yeah.
5: yeah. It? Um, Very angry man. Angry at times. kind of guy. Yeah. Geller, for him. yeah. Is it uh, John McEnroe? Yeah! yeah!
1: Okay, so you've already won, but this is academic. I think we should do it. <laughs> Chuck Closteman attended the University of North Dakota. <laughs> That's hilarious. What former NBA player and current NBA coach, also known as Zen Master, also attended and played for the University of North Dakota? She's already won.
5: So what does <laughs> it
1: matter? That's a good point.
5: Uh, I think I heard
1: Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson! She's three for three, she's perfect. So you will win our prize today. So see me after the show. I will actually also, I do this every time, I'm not just flirting or anything. I'll buy you two drinks after the show, me personally. (laughs) That's smooth. (laughs) Not everyone can play the guitar, Tad.
5: My daughter's here. Be careful.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, we're, uh, we're going into act three of Radio Happy Hour. But first, I want to tell you that before this show, we drew another name. And this name is going to be, the, the winner of this drawing before the show, is going to be in act three. One of you lucky stiffs will play the dead guy. And that lucky stiff's name is Sean Howe.
0: Happy Hour presents Stabbed in the Ascot. And this act is brought to you by We Can Condoms. The condoms made for teens. Say, Riley, why so down?
2: Mom won't let me go on the pill.
0: And let me guess you missed your period?
2: Totes, and I can't get pregnant because mom would take away my iPhone. I wish there was some kind of condom that Spencer and I, as teens, could use to guard against unwanted pregnancies.
0: There is now, here.
2: This is just a Gossip Girl DVD.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Riley, look inside the case.
2: Oh my God, it's full of condoms for teens. Do they work?
0: Yeah, for the most part. <laughs>
2: If we use these, I won't get pregnant? L-
0: look, there's a picture of Lil Wayne on the wrapper.
2: No way! Spencer loves Lil Wayne! From now on, we'll use We Can condoms, and all of our teen sex will be protected. Right, announcer?
0: Yes! <laughs> Mostly. We Can condoms. The condoms made for teens is proud to bring you Radio Happy Hour presents Stabbed in the Ass-Cot.
1: Oh, the blizzard raged outside. Now inside the ascot, it could have been any bar on any street. It was me and Rodney, who claimed to have seen the murder take place, and then, you know, there was the writer Chuck Klosterman, and uh, well, there was Craig Fenn and Tad Kubler from the Hold Steady, and their mom, who probably wasn't really their mom, but who had whored around a lot in high school, and, and of course a dead guy wearing a senior Frog sombrero. It's a story as old as time itself. So Rodney, who did it? Oh,
0: I was, you know, looking at magazines out back when I saw uh, that man and, you know, Gina fighting.
2: Oh, it's true. I knew him. His name is Sean Howe, and he was a terrible, terrible pervert.
1: (laughs) Oh, and Sean Howe tried to do bad things to you?
2: Oh, no, no. I just don't care for perverts.
1: (laughs) Well, then why did you stab him?
2: I didn't, Mm, but I did hit him in the face with a shovel.
1: Oh, are you, you know what? Are you guys all really family?
2: No. In fact, the only thing we all have in common is a hatred for Sean Howe.
4: (laughs) You said you were tagging. Gina, you are such a bitch.
0: Well, not so fast, Chuck Clusterman. You know, after she hit him with the shovel, you crushed his nads with the tire iron. So, you know...
4: Oh, yeah. Uh, and that. Yeah.
1: But, but why did you do that?
4: He was a book reviewer for the Times. New York? Wichita. He was threatening to give my new book, Eating the Dinosaur, a bad review if, he, if I went public with his secret.
1: What was his secret?
4: Sean Hao was completely illiterate. Couldn't read a word. Poor Jag couldn't even tie his own shoes. He came running into the parking lot holding his face. Probably from the shovel. I told him I didn't care about a bad review. I was going to expose him anyway, and he came at me. I hit him in his nads out of self-defense. Sean Howe, poor sucker.
1: Well, then who stabbed him? Was it you, Craig Finn? No,
3: but I did poke him in the eyeball. But is that really that big of a deal? Well, it's assault. Yeah, that's true. Why did you poke him in the eyeball? Sean Howe was a contortionist. He was going to print stuff about me unless I paid him off. I think you mean extortionist. He was also a contortionist. (laughs) Sean Howe could kiss his own ass.
1: Wait, wait, wait. So what stuff was he going to print about you? You know, stuff.
3: Anyway, he hobbled over to me after Chuck nailed him with a tire iron, and I poked his eye. Anyone want
5: to guess what I did next? I know. You stabbed him. Uh, no. I, I spit in Craig's Funyuns while I wasn't looking. God... God damn it, Tad. I knew I couldn't trust you with my funions. Yeah, what are you gonna do about it? Poke you in your stupid eyeball? Yeah, try it. See what happens. I'll fuck you up, man.
4: Boys, please
1: settle down. You are all acting like children. Wait! Everyone stop. So, let me get this straight. Sean Howe was an illiterate, perverted extortionist who could kiss his own ass. Thanks, Sean. (laughs) Gina hit him in the face with a shovel, and Chuck nailed him in the genitals with a tire iron, and Craig
5: poked his eye. And I spit in Craig's Funyuns. Right. So who stabbed him? Ted. (gasps) But you said you were playing video games in the car. I was, and when I finished that, I stabbed him. But why? Why not? (laughs) (laughs)
1: it wasn't his
3: day was it
1: (laughs) no it wasn't
0: radio happy hour presents stabbed in the ascot was brought to you by she can he can we can line of products products made for you
1: I'd like to thank the cast of uh, radio happy hour we have Matt Skibiak and Robin Reed and we have Stephanie Davila and, of course, I'd like to thank our special guests. We have Chuck Klosterman and Craig Ben and Tad Kubler. It was fantastic. Thank you guys for coming. Also, thanks to David Handler, Justin Cantor, Kendall Ratley, and everyone at LPR. And our producers uh, were Dustin Luke Nelson and Masame Amami, who also played the pregnant teen. Our stage manager is Nora Al Salem. Our set designer is Margaret Ward. Our sound engineers... Yes, you're right to applaud. Our sound engineers are Richie Clark, Bernie German, who has the best name in uh, show business, by the way. Derek Oswald. And uh, our lighting tech is Jonathan Tally Tolly, sorry. Our poster was designed by Jen Leong. Our intern is Karina Badalamenti a close second in the showbiz names. Uh, and a special thanks to Theo uh, Senna and Stream Jam for streaming this online. Also, Megan Gindy and, and uh, Matt, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Nat Emerson, uh for, for taking our photographs. Now, next month we have uh, the lovely and hilarious Jessie Klein coming out from Michael and Michael Have Issues. <laughs> She's going to be hilarious. We're, we also have a musical guest, but we will announce that this week. So I hope to see you next time. See us in the bar. Let's get some drinks, huh? Thanks for coming.